How are you? Well, it's so good to be here. It is not my first time in the States, but it is my first time in Alabama. And I think you are wonderful people, really, really amazing. I mean, we've learned to love so much your pastors, and we seem to know, we feel like we know the whole family, the church, because we've heard so many stories about you. And so we fell in love with you even before we came. I want to ask you, has any of you been to Italy? Ooh. Anybody been to Naples? Some of you. Fantastic. Wow. Naples is an amazing, beautiful city full of problems. The media talk about Naples like the craziest city in Italy. And it is true. (laughs) But you know, in Naples there are the most amazing, wonderful people who have a big heart for God, but such incredible stories. But Naples has nothing to do with my story, with my past. Naples is my present, and I believe Naples will be my future as well. And uh, how many of you like a good story? How many of you like a story who has a happy ending? You know, every time I go on Netflix with my husband and I try and watch a movie, because in, in America you say movie, in England we say films. And you know, there's always a debate. So we have to compromise, because I like to watch true stories. It doesn't matter how hard they are, it doesn't matter if they have a happy ending, because in the movies, stories don't, do not always have a happy ending. Is that true? And... Uh, But I love watching true stories because I sit there and I think, wow, this really happened to some people. Maybe I don't know them, but there is always something inside of me that identifies with their lives. And so today I want to talk to you very briefly about my walk of freedom. Because yes, today I am a pastor And I wouldn't change my life, even though it's not easy being in a mission, in a place that is not your own, where people don't understand the way you live, the way you speak, where people speak a dialect that you don't understand, even after five years. But, you know, I grew up in a family. My mother is French. I was born in Paris. My father is Italian. And uh, my father worked in France, and that's how he met my mother. I was born there, and when I was one, my mother had an encounter with God. So she started taking me to church. And as I was going to church with her, I was learning about God. I was singing songs about Jesus. And they were my songs that took my father to God. Because every time I came back from church, I used to sit on his lap and sing about Jesus. My father thought at the time, Jesus is only something for women. You know, a man grown up in the south of Italy. He said, this is just for women. But my songs about the love of God drew him close to God. And so I grew up in a family 
that always experienced God, talked about God, shared about God, had healings, miracles. I used to go to Sunday school and I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 15. And I used to listen to people talking about their incredible stories, how, how they were gangsters and they were on drugs and all of a sudden Christ had come into their lives and wow. And I thought, I don't have a story to tell. What's my story? I grew up in a Christian family. I was a nice girl. I was a good, a good girl. And so I walked through my life and I said to God one day, I want to live my life for the kingdom. I want to become a missionary. And so I went in a mission, which was an American mission that was in Italy at the time. I spent some time there. I met a man, we got married, and we went to England. And as I went to England, I said to God, I want my dream to come true. I want to go to Bible college. I want to study your word. And I want to become a minister because this is my life. And you know, I knew God had called me since I was in my mother's womb. Because every single American missionary and pastor that came to my church always pointed out to my parents and said, your children will serve God. They were called by God since they were in your womb. And I have always known that would have been my life. And my brother is a pastor. He's in Austria now. He has founded many churches. He's in the ministry too. And so as I went to England, I thought, my dream will come true now. And after Bible college, I started serving a church in a pastoral team. And as I was there, I thought, God, this is the place where I can serve you. And so I started, got involved. But, you know, my marriage was horrible, terrible. I was suffering in my marriage for 14 years. I cried, I begged God, I put a smile on my face and went to church, prayed for people, helped women. But when I was at home, I was crying because I did not have a marriage. And so one day, all of a sudden, my marriage ended. And I was sitting there with divorce papers in my hand, thinking, God, why did you do this to me? Where are your promises? Where is my promised land? Why am I living like this? Why did you bring me all the way to England to experience such a pain? And I was suffering so much. But you know, the worst thing about that was I isolated myself from everybody, my friends, my family. I did not want to speak to anybody. And, you know, I started feeling so ashamed of what happened to me. And as I was there in England, I moved to another city. I found another job. And I said to God, you know what? I will love you all my life, but I will change my lifestyle. I tried. I really tried to serve you. But everything has gone wrong, and I cannot do it anymore. I am so ashamed of what happened to me. And you know... After I tried, I thought I had my life back together. I thought I'm going to find myself a good church. So I looked for churches. It was a new city for me. I started. I went to the first church. I pulled in the car park. 
and I had a panic attack. At the time, I didn't know what a panic attack was. Somebody explained it to me later. And as I was sitting in a car park, I had this panic attack. I thought, I cannot go into church. And so I drove away. And I did that another time in another church. I thought, maybe I can do that. I can walk in. Same thing, panic attack. And I drove away. And at the third church, I was so proud of myself because I managed to walk in and say hello to the people who were welcoming everybody at the door. And I thought, yes, I made it. But I ran to the restroom, and I had another panic attack there. And so I ran out of the church, and I said to God, that's it. I'm not even going to try again. I don't know what's happening to me. And so I spent two whole years in total isolation, clinging to God like I had never done before. But you know, today, when I look at that time, I'm thinking those were two great years of my life because I started to talk to God like I'd never done before. You know, I'd been to Bible school. I grew up in a Christian family. I knew so much about God. But in that time, I started to experience the love of God. God was talking to me as if he was in the room with me. He was talking to me about how he loved me, how he didn't care about what happened. His plan for me had not changed. But here, inside, I did not really believe it. I thought, yeah, yeah, I've heard this many times. I know so many people have told me their story, but I don't feel anything. My heart is so hard, and I am so ashamed. Every person I met that was a Christian, I just thought, they're going to find out about what happened to me, and they're going to judge me, you know? And so one day, as I was sitting there, God spoke to me, and he said, if you trust me, I am going to do something incredible with your life. And so I said to God, you know what? I have no alternative. The real alternative to faith is faith. And this is what I always tell people today. You know, sometimes you need to be in a place when you experience and you start to apply all the things that you've said with your mouth but you never really believed in your heart. And that was that time for me. And as I did that, I said to God, okay, I'll trust you. I hand over my life to you. Do whatever you want with me. And so I took a time to go to Italy, and I started teaching English. And one day, all of a sudden, I thought, I've had enough. I'm going to England because I have a son there. And I'm going to go back to my son, and I'm going to start my life again. And somehow, I was called for a job in a city called Milan, and a city that had nothing to do with me again, but there I was, sitting there, they were offering me an amazing job, which I never asked for, I never looked for, and I was sitting there, and and they, they were telling me, please give us an answer, let us know if you will accept the job. Everything inside of me was saying, no, no, you're going back to England, just let it go. And as I was at the bus stop, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me, and he said, 
Have you asked me if I have something to do with what's happening? And all of a sudden I thought, no, I haven't. So I said, okay, I will do it now, God. Please tell me. Have you got anything to do with all of this? Because I didn't try. And God said to me, yes, I want you to take this job. Because you promised me you would have trusted me. And now is the time that you continue to do that. And so I took the job in a city that was new to me. And for months I didn't even think about church because that was my habit. And and then I went back and I said to God, lead me to a good church. And so I found a church whose pastor is a woman, Pastor Rosalind. She is a woman who left Brazil, came to Italy. She met God reading the Bible. And today she has turned Italy upside down with her faith. And so I thought, I want to go and listen to her, even though in Italy people think only men can be pastors. I want to go and listen to her. And so I walked into a church, which is as big as this, just differently done. And everybody was like hugging me, saying, you're welcome. And as I sat there and she started preaching, I thought, wow, this is the place where I will find my healing. And as I was there, after months, one day Pastor Rosalind got on the stage and she said, today I want to talk to you about the prison of the soul. And she did this amazing preaching about how, how we, our soul can be in a prison. And um, then she stepped down the stage And she started to have prophetic words for people. And the night before, I had done this prayer to God that said, I will be in this church all my life. I will serve the church. I will clean the toilets. I will do anything. But I do not want ministry back in my life. That is too much for me. Please, God, let me out. I know your gifts are without repentance. This time, please, God, repent, because I do not want to go back in the ministry. And that was the night before. And so she's coming down, and I'm speaking to God, and I'm saying, we had a deal. I don't want her to prophesy over me. I do not want that. But you know what she did? I was sitting in the middle of the row, which is a very safe place to be when you don't want any words, because it's too much bother to get to you. And I see she's coming. She goes past somebody. But then she told me after, I was looking for you. But all of a sudden, I couldn't see you. And I went all the way up to see a friend of yours and ask her where you you were sitting. (laughs) So you see. But I didn't know all of that. She went past and I thought, ah, thank God you kept the deal. (laughs) But there she comes back and she's doing this. Excuse me, excuse me. And I'm thinking, no, no, she's going to go to the person there next to me. No, she came to me. And she started talking about my past, my present, and my future. And you know what? You are part of the future. Because she saw me on a stage in another nation 
speaking to loads of people about my story. Yesterday, I sent her a text and I said, you don't know how excited I am that that part of your world is happening. And she said to me, I see you walking in shame with your head down. And you know God, you know his word, but you cannot lift your head. And she said, God wants to do that with you today. He wants to lift your head. And he wants to say, you are my daughter. And I cannot stop chasing you. And you know what? She did. She said to me, this is how you prayed last night. And that was my prayer. You said to God, I don't want ministry anymore. She didn't know anything about me. What can I say? I cried so much. I surrendered to God. And I said to God, okay, I give up. You know, there was one scripture that really spoke to me. And God said to me, I said to God, I want to know what I can learn from all of this. And God said to me, you know that scripture that you always heard, which is in Josh, in, uh, in Numbers. And you know that Moses sent spies out to spy the promised land, and they came back with their report. And at the end, some of them said, said these words. We, we've seen the giants, you know, they saw all the impossible things, and they said, we seemed like grasshoppers in your own eyes, in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. And God said to me, this is what you're doing. You look at yourself like a grasshopper, and you think other people look at you like that, but this is not how I look at you today. And I never will look at you like that. I just want you to stand up, lift your head and start walking in freedom. And you know what I learned? That way, freedom is a walk. You never get off the walk of freedom. You have to carry on and carry on. And you begin with the things you know. And it's okay. You need to know things about God. And you need to experience in the times of pain and in the times of shame, you need to experience what it's like to walk and say, I know this, but I don't feel anything inside. But as you walk, faith kicks in and faith takes you to the end. And when the enemy comes and he tries to lie to you and say, this is never going to happen. Don't think, you know, it's not going to happen. It's an illusion. It is faith. That will take you through that walk, always. And you know, at the end of, the, of what I'm, I'm sharing with you, I just want to say this. I have learned something that is so precious to me today. That when we go through difficult times, and when we don't understand what's going on, when we come out of it, you know, we learn three things. We learn something more about God. And what did I learn about God? I learned he was my father. And I experienced his love when I didn't believe in myself. And for that reason, I didn't think other people believed in myself. And another thing you learn, you learn more about yourself. You learn who you are really. You learn about your weaknesses. You learn about your strength. And you learn to be okay with your weaknesses. You know, there is a scripture that says, 
that when you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And so I realized my strength was small. And I learned how to work on my strength. And then another thing I learned, I learned more about people. People that were around me. I learned that I put my trust too much in people. Too much trust in people. And I was disappointed when I needed understanding. I was disappointed. I wouldn't speak to anybody on the phone. But I've also learned that God is so faithful. He continues to bring new friends into my life. And so I want to encourage you with this. I want to say, I don't know. Divorce is not part of everybody's life, and I thank God for that. But right now, I am writing a book about my story. And uh, it's taken me a long time, but I will complete it in the summer. In Italy, people who've been through divorce don't get any help. The church casts them out. In some churches, for example, in a church like that, if you've been through divorce, you will have to sit up there. In other churches, you cannot take communion. In other churches, you cannot even walk in. And I am in such a country, and I understand why God wants me to tell my story. In a country where only men can be pastors, I can be a pastor. I can write a book, and I can say, God, thank you. I have a story to tell. And I am so grateful to God because he took what the devil meant for my destruction. He turned it for the good of people. And if that's you, I just want to pray with you before I leave the stage. And if you identified with even a part of what I said, you know, you probably felt maybe you're not going through divorce or maybe you are. But you can identify with the shame, with the pain, and with being in a place where you don't understand it. You just want to shut the world out. Just take a minute to say, God, thank you for what you did for Pastor Dora. And if you did it for her, you can do it for me. And today I want to receive your grace. I want to receive your love. And I choose to lift my head. And I will not let people bring shame on me. I will not be ashamed of my story. I will not be ashamed of my testimony. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Pastor Dora, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I think many of us in this room can resonate with, with the divorce and just brokenness in general. And thank you for just inspiring us and being vulnerable and encouraging all of us in this room. Thank you.